The Roos are on a three-game win streak. The Horns are fighting for a national title, and Houston hosts the Champions Cup. That and more on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. There's a notion between us, my love. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas, and on Skype is Joe Linhan. What's up, Joe? How much, James? Are you staying warm down there? I am. Uh, I'm staying sufficiently warm. And uh, man, we had to cancel practice on Monday night, though. When it the rain is sideways and it's like 38 degrees and it feels like it's 28, I was like, even that might be just a bit too much for me, even. But um, one thing I do notice, though, is you sound great. What's up? You have like a new microphone or something? Thank you for sending me a microphone. Yes, it's probably way too nice for my level of podcasting, but that's okay. You don't have to thank me. You can thank our lovely, lovely donors. They're the ones who are contributing, and that's where that money goes towards. So I'm very happy to hear you. Um, we had a short show last week. Well, we're going to make up for that this week. We've got uh, a one that's just packed with news and interviews and all kinds of stuff. We'll talk with Mark Lawrence about Austin College's successful weekend. The University of Texas Men's Club is headed to Pennsylvania this weekend to compete in the CWPA National Championships, and I spoke with uh, their team president, Thomas Nagel, earlier. Plus, the Champions Cup finished in Houston on Sunday, and the Dallas Fall, Dallas Masters Tournament rather is done, too. It was a jam-packed weekend, but you, I think the bulk of your time was spent in Houston at Champions Cup. What, what did you see down there? Oh, it was great. The teams were... Uh... Teams came from around the uh, around the country. There was teams from Greenwich up in nor- up in the Northeast, all along California, and plus we had two uh, boys teams and two girls teams from Texas. Yeah, the winners were Vanguard and SoCal, both Orange County teams. Vanguard uh, on the boys side and SoCal in all caps. I was I was a uh, I was notified via Twitter that SoCal is in all caps. This is the funny thing is I actually lived in Southern California when SoCal was created, and I still don't – I guess I didn't know that it's in all caps. So apologies to them. They came away victorious. But as you said, um, Southside in particular seems to have had a very good weekend. Yeah, the boys went 3-2 and two on the weekend. They ended up uh, getting paired with the first place and fifth place team in their bracket, and then they won all their games on Saturday and Sunday. They ended up ninth. But the, I bet they could have competed with the sixth, seventh, and eighth place teams. So um, just a shout out to Coach Daniel and Coach Taylor down there. I mean, they did a great job this past weekend. It's always good to put a little bit of a scare into some team. I mean, Rose Bowl has a very good reputation, and maybe their team is uh, weaker or stronger than it has been in the past. But Southside is competitive. They've got players who can play against the, the top-level uh, teams from the country. I think that's uh, true up and down all the age groups and genders yeah, from Texas. There are very good players coming, yeah, just coming out of, of Texas. The Thunder Girls did a great job. I believe they placed 10th. Um, uh, the uh, Lone Star Girls placed 12th. They had a great experience down there. And then the Thunder Boys, um, they lost to Southside. They lost to Rose Bowl in that uh, last group of four, but they ended up 11th. But I think all the athletes – from Texas had a had a wonderful opportunity, and I just want to send a big uh, kind of a big thank you to the U of H club team who who really helped out with pool setup, and were there manning the tables along with Southside and admissions, and the and the pool looked beautiful, and we hope to get back there again. That speaks to something that I know that you were there 
uh, for a couple of days to help set up, but then you weren't there. You, you, Joe was all over the place this weekend, so we're going to talk about that later because nobody really understands the travails of uh, Joe driving across the country hauling lane lines and stuff around from one spot to another. But we'll cover that a bit a, a little bit later. Um, but a, a, maybe a couple more notes from that tournament. So uh, w- one thing in particular was that uh, SoCal, the girls on their Twitter feed, and, and I think there were others as well, really um, really bought into the the whole Texas experience. I, th- I think the SoCal girls had line dancing um, lessons while they were in uh, while they were in Houston. That's awesome. And then the San Diego Shores uh, boys and girls actually went down to the neutral buoyancy lab, uh, 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 courtesy of Kurt Otten, who is the father of Jeff Otten, who runs the Triumph Water Polo Club. He gave them a little behind the scenes tour. So yeah, a lot of the teams from out of state were given some good Texas um, um, hospitality and it was a, I think it was a great showing. And I think all the teams had a blast, the in-state teams, the out-of-state teams. That's great. So, and this is, again, the Champions Cup is a great event. It's, um, it's, it's one of those things that has been, just keeps getting better and better each and every year. So. Is there, uh, do you have any sense for if it, if and when it returns to Texas, is it, is the rotation sort of open, like people bid on it or, or, so what are the chances it comes back? The event has historically been in the Midwest zone, which is up there in the Chicago, Michigan, and Missouri areas. Um, every now and then, it has been it has come down to Texas. Um, it was in Texas back in 2010. It was in Texas in 2014 and 2015. There was one year it was even in Hawaii. So I do believe what they're trying to do now is kind of move the tournament around, still keep it outside of California, but kind of move the tournament around to the different zones. So yeah, it'll, it'll eventually move back to Texas again. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. I, I had a great experience at the 2015 version up at Louisville, and I'm sure this weekend was also very successful altogether. Um, another event that took place this weekend was the Dallas masters tournament, uh, hosted by Pegasus at SMU. Um, and you were there also. So what, uh, what did you observe there? I was there for a couple games on Saturday, and it is uh, the SMU Natatorium. It's a great facility. This is uh, the Pegasus Water Polo Academy was hosting a, a yearly Masters event for, for uh, men's and women's uh, divisions, and there were uh, it was nine men's teams and in uh, in uh, four women's teams. The hops the hops women beat the Wahoos, which are a Austin uh, Masters uh, women's team in the in their championship game, and then it. Turned out to be the championship game, but um, Dallas defeated Hops in a shootout in the last game of the of the tournament. Overall, I hear it was a great event. Even Penn State Baron, who played some Austin, who played up at Austin College on Saturday, uh, went down there and played a couple exhibition games against both Dallas and Hops uh, Masters teams. Um, they came up a little short in those games, but I think again it was a great event and just again there's lots of water polo going on in Texas. That's uh, one thing I didn't even realize. So Penn State Baron played an exhibition on Friday against Austin College, um, and then they played three game. Uh, well, they played two games on Saturday, and then the next day they're headed down to Dallas to play exhibition games again. So that they had an extremely busy weekend. And um, speaking of Austin College, once again they played those games at their home pool, and you were there also. How did you pull all that off? I was there for the first game, and I got to see them beat Ottawa. Um, at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. It was a great atmosphere, a lot of fans in, in the stands, the pool. There, It is basically a concrete box, and it, it just the fans are loud, and you could tell that the athletes and coaches were, were, yeah, were feeding off of it. And 
yeah, and Austin College started off and they and they got a, a by a yeah but yeah by a few goals on Ottawa. Third quarter was a was a little bit of a challenge and Ottawa kind of came roaring back a little bit. So it was the score was tied 10-10 at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but then Austin College kind of kind of pulled away and the final score was was of uh, 15-12. Yeah. So so that was their first home win ever. So that, that right. was great. Yeah, they they um that seems to have been something of a habit for them over the season is that third quarter can be a little tough, but um as we know the final game of that day against Penn State Barron, who they beat for the first time, uh yeah, first time ever actually. They beat them 13 to 8. They've however that happened, they turned things around. Their third quarter they beat uh, Penn State Barron 5 nothing and ended up with a final score of 13 and 8. Yeah, I mean, I just think the Austin College they're learning to win. They're learning to play together. It's still a young group, and Mark and Mark definitely has them going in the right direction. So yeah, well, obviously we're going to come back and talk with him next. But um, hey, just yeah, just real quick, I want to give a big shout out to yeah yeah to the Griffiths up in uh is it is it Hillsdale Hinsdale. Illinois Hinsdale um it's it's the it's the it's the Hinsdale Illinois they were there they were watching their son's plan and Cade was who's uh I believe it's the starting center defender. And then Zachary, the goalie, uh, I, I I met them out in the lobby. A lot of a lot of very happy parents, a lot of enthusiastic parents, and I can tell you they are building something very strong up there. So we um, we mentioned several weeks ago that we're annexing Illinois as part of our Texas uh, podcast. So yeah, it was awesome that they had a chance to speak with you, and they are part of our uh, listening audience, and we're grateful for that. So, um, but uh, but here's the question. So. You had to leave Dallas on Wednesday, is that correct, to get down to Houston on Thursday? You had the most crazy itinerary this last weekend. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, that's okay. Like, you do what you got to do. Yes, I did leave last Wednesday. I went down to San Antonio, picked up some lane lines, brought them to U of H on Wednesday, and picked up some goals in Pearland and brought them to U of H on Thursday. Did pool set up on Thursday. Yeah, I was at Champions Cup on Friday, flew back to DFW on Friday night. Went to Austin College in the Dallas Masters Terminal on Saturday. Flew back to uh, Champions Cup on Sunday morning. Cleaned up after Champions Cup. Brought the goals back to Pearland on Monday morning. Went and got the lane lines and brought them back to San Antonio yesterday and got back here just in time for Monday Night Football. <laughs> it's like, uh, so the, I didn't know any of this until Joe and I spoke a little bit earlier today, so that's pretty impressive. Meanwhile, I'm just here in Austin. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> I was just watching all this stuff from a distance. So that is pretty impressive, um, and hopefully you're getting mileage for your vehicle for that as well. We'll see. Just like you got to do what you got to do. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Coach Mark Lawrence of Austin College, but it's time for a break. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. That's the Austin College fight song, so that only means one thing. It's head coach Mark Lawrence after a busy weekend. How are you, Mark? Great, James. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. 
So uh, big news. You're on a three-game win streak. I think it's the first time ever for your men's team um, after your victory over Washington and Jefferson a couple weekends ago in Pennsylvania. You come home. You play an exhibition, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. But then on Saturday, you beat both Ottawa from Arizona and Penn State Barron, a little bit of maybe a little bit of revenge from a year ago. Um, And so, again, we'll talk about that in a moment. But maybe it's interesting to talk about this exhibition game that you had on Friday, which uh, apparently the score didn't matter. But this exhibition helped out your team in the sense that you got to play some people that didn't normally get to play. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great game for us. It was, um, you know, it was a uh, game that we set up with with Penn State Barron to uh, essentially both teams um, sat their starting goalies and their starting six, um, which was great because it gave opportunity to uh, some of our freshmen um, to play. And also uh, some of the some of the athletes who are on and off the travel squad or haven't made made the travel squad an opportunity to play, which which was great. Um, So our, our intentions going in was to have all the freshmen play except with uh, except for Max Wade and Michael Colmenares and uh, Evan Cueva. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our twins, Kate and Zach from Chicago. Um, and we ended up sitting those guys and sitting uh, Nathan Butler and sit, sitting the rest of our starting lineup um, just to give some of the other guys the opportunity for some more minutes. And it turned out to be a fantastic game. It was a really fun event. It was a really fun game. Um, got to see a lot of the guys that don't get to play very much and how passionate they are and uh, see them get after and be really competitive was great. You know, uh, AJ Pritchard is, he's a sophomore by age, but a senior academically. He's That's right. In two years. And uh, he had himself um, a phenomenal game. Yeah. He scored two or three goals and um, you know, he's, he's one of these great kids. That's a great representation of our program. And he's a dual sport athlete with baseball and somebody, um, you know, who maybe hasn't gotten the opportunities for various reasons, um, had the opportunity to play and shine. And, and another one was uh, Ben Rafalski, who's a dual sport athlete with swimming, got an opportunity to play almost the entire game. Um, so it was, it was a really fun event. Um, you know, it, it was a game that was uh, on our schedule um, and a uh, really great night. So uh, I'm not sure officially if it's a countable game or not. I have to kind of step backwards and look, but um, it was it, it was a really fun fun event. So, yeah, AJ Pritchard went two for two, had um, had a steal. So yeah, a, a pretty productive game. Um, and then Saturday comes around. You have two game. It was a three game mini tournament. You began the day yep. with Ottawa, and then Ottawa played Penn State, and then you played Penn State later in the day. But uh, came out of that day undefeated, 2-0. So the first game of the day, 12, uh, a 15-12 win over Ottawa. Um, you'd never played that before. But you, I think you have some knowledge about that team and even their coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so their coach, Austin, spent some time in Texas helping out the Longhorn Club. Uh, he has a starting goalie who we know very well from the Houston area, who's a freshman that we, we scouted for Austin College and got to know really well in the process. So we, we were pretty familiar with their team. Um, we saw them at UC Davis, uh, although we didn't play against them. And we saw them again at Cal Baptist. Um, same thing, we didn't play against them there either. But we got to see them on, on the road quite a bit. They got to see us on, on the road quite a bit. You know, in their program, they're a first-year team. Uh, they're NAIA, so they're, they have some JC transfers and some scholarship guys. But, um, you know, they're very good for a first-year team. And uh, we have a lot of respect for them. 
and their uh, coach Austin and what they're building out there. So it was a really great game. It was a good, good close game. Um, you know, back and forth, we had momentum. They, they got it back and vice versa. Um, they have a freshman named uh, Wes from Marietta Valley area who we have tons of respect for, try to make him a Roo. Uh, he's a, he's a, one of the better players that we've played this entire year. So it was a really great game, a really com- uh, competitive game, and, you know, really happy with the outcome. So Once again, um, our friend Max Wade, four goals, 10 shots, off of 10 shots, um, and then uh, Cade Griffith, and Nathan Butler both had three goals apiece in that in that win. So um, you've got some players who are sort of cropping up here that uh, that maybe didn't at the beginning of the season. So are they peaking? Yeah, I, I would say so. You know, I look at some of the some of the guys we have on our roster. Um, you know, right now it looks like our our our, our freshmen are outshining, um, and they're really not. They're getting a lot of the sexy stats, and our sophomores are really doing a great job of of doing. Um, I, I guess the best way to put it is like role player stats, like playing great defense and setting other guys up and creating right. for others. Um, and these freshmen are just taking advantage of the opportunities that are, are presenting themselves. You know, uh, Cade and Nathan were two guys that came in with all the physical tools. I mean, if anyone looks at them physically, they're six, five and six, seven respectfully and both blazing fast and throw the ball really hard. They just needed more experience. And, now they've gotten a good chunk of experience so far this year, and they're starting to really come in into their own and shine. Um, and then Max, Max, we knew was a great player. I felt that he was the best player in the state of Texas last year, um, regardless of grade. And our number one goal last year was to get him in our recruiting class. So um, he's having the effect that we had hoped that he would have. You know, he's our he's our physical leader in the water, and at times he's our uh, emotional leader. Um, he's matured a lot since high school, um, but we we absolutely love his competitive nature. And uh, between he and Michael Colmenares, we we thought we got the two the two athletes that we really wanted, and they're both doing a phenomenal job for us. So phenomenal. And uh, Max Wade followed that up with six goals. It was almost like a vengeance game for him against um, against Penn State Barron. I mean, you've had a mixed success with them in the past, but to, uh, on Saturday it was not terribly close. It was 13 to eight final. Yeah, I mean, it was a good game. It was a much closer game than the score. Uh, they have, they they have uh, two field players. One uh, name, his name is Isaac, and then the other gentleman's name uh, always kind of slips me, but he's number seventeen on, on their roster. Andre. Andre, yeah, I'm gonna murder his last name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But these two guys are—I mean, these two guys are two of the better field players in uh, Division Three that we've seen. Uh, definitely two of the better field players in Division Three for outside of California. And then they have a phenomenal goalie as well. So they're—they're um, they're really talented. You know, um, we played really well. The first half was close, and we pulled away in the second half. But we're gonna see them next weekend, and you know, they have the talent to where I wouldn't be surprised if they did if they had that outcome against us, if we didn't play well. So uh, we're really happy w- with the outcome. Um, they were somebody that beat us last year, when, you know, when we were when we were young and trying to kind of figure it out. And, uh, you know, hopefully as we go into the future, somebody that we have a really healthy rivalry with. So we were really happy with the outcome. So far, so good. And uh, the goalie you're talking about is Matt Olimsky. He's a SoCal guy, yeah. right? I think San Diego even. And um, Yeah, I think he's a San Diego guy. 
Yeah, my understanding is that he actually might even be one of the best goalkeepers in in the in the MPSF. He's leading the MPSF in steals. Now the standards are a little bit different, but that's pretty impressive for somebody at what is a relatively small school. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know between he and uh, uh, Isaac Hatop, you know, these are two guys that you know, yes, they're on a D three roster, but these are two of the better players that we played against this entire year. And I think if you you know anyone who talks to the uh, coaches you know, that are in the CWPA uh, for, for uh, Division Three or Division Two that see these schools on a regular basis would agree that these guys are phenomenal players. Uh, they could easily be on West Coast Division One rosters and be uh, productive. So they, uh, yeah, um, we have a lot of respect for them. They could definitely control a game, so... Okay, so, you, so you, you brought it up yourself. MPSF starts on the 22nd. On Friday, your opening round game is, is against Penn State Barron. So I think it's fair to say that you don't have expectations of winning that tournament. I'm not trying to be smart about it. It's, a, it's an extraordinarily tough conference that you're in. So what is it that you can tell uh, people about? What is it that your intentions are? What do you want out of this tournament? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, we want to come home uh minimum fifth place you know so we're gonna play um penn state Baron in a conference game before the actual tournament starts oh then, okay then that game that game determines the fifth and sixth seeds um you know in the reality that it, it's a that game's important for program growth program uh you know kind of pride and bragging rights a little bit but when it's all said and done one of us will play the fourth seed and one's gonna play the third seed and i'm not sure if one road is better than the other, you know, with those four teams. <laughs> right, but especially it, with it, how that league is going uh, yeah, this unpredictably. Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's essentially a game to, to figure out who's going to wear dark caps in the fifth place game <laughs> for, for right now. But it's still a really important game. Right. It's still a game that we circle because uh, to us getting fifth place at MPSF would be would you know mean the world for us that would be our version of winning uh, our our uh, conference you know understanding that the big four are essentially unwinnable games right now but at the same time we also place playing one of the big four and it's such a high value because that one game you know if we could come out of that game healthy and and come out of the game knowing that we put everything we had into that game well we have no we have nothing nothing to lose and only an opportunity to get better. So, you know, last year we played Cal and I've known coach Everest for a very long time and they definitely swam us up and down for four quarters, but that one game uh, was probably worth two weeks of practice. You know, wow. it was, it was an amazing experience. And um, so we, we really look forward to it. So we, we go to MPSF and our, our, our big goal is to beat Penn State Baron twice, come home with two wins and come home from that game against a big four, a significantly better team and more experienced team and, you know, ready uh, to play next year and, and grow from it with our non-traditional this spring. Got it. And uh, and the way that would work out would be that, uh, again, you play this almost like a play-in game. It's a conference game to determine seeding, as you mentioned. And then, in theory, your final game um, would be against Penn State Barron on Sunday the 24th. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so that and, and that's what happened last year, right? I mean, and those games were pretty mixed. I mean, I think uh, uh, one one game was quite close, and one game was maybe a little bit less so. But it, it, it but I anticipate that that's what you're looking forward to this year to uh, sort of change those outcomes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's there's different thought processes you could go into it. You know, I remember when I was a senior at Queens, you know, the conversation was, well, when you go to the final four, do you get do you put everything you have in that semi or do you do you take the approach of making sure that you're ready to win that third place game? And there's different ideas, I guess, and, and approaches. And we as players back then wanted to put everything into that semi. And that's kind of what we did we did last year, we had a very close game at Penn State Barron and we went, we played so hard in that Cal game against Cal. And I don't think we had much energy left over for that fifth place game. Right. Um, but I don't think I would change that, that choice by any means. Um, you know, I think given everything we have against one of the big fours, even if it jeopardizes a little bit, we know we're not as rested, not as fresh, whatever the, the topic is for that fifth place game. I think that's a risk we would happily take because we want to we want to make the most of every single game, you know. So, um, so yeah. So ideally, we want to be able to go in there and win that that conference game and then win that fifth place game. So, so here's a loaded question. I mean, USC beats UCLA this last weekend. Stanford falls to UCLA, UCLA the weekend before. Cal is coming on a little bit more strongly this year. Yeah, there's it's it's not you, you can't say that it's there. You have no idea who will be that fourth or third seed. But does it matter to you? Oh, no, it doesn't really matter to us. Uh, we have a great deal of respect, obviously, for all those coaches and players and programs. Um, we had a blast last year playing against Cal, you know, and um, we don't care who we would play against. We just want the opportunity to uh, we just want the opportunity to play against one of those teams and uh, get better for it. So, and bring that big traveling crowd that you always seem to have wherever you go. So yeah. that'll be that'll be something that Southern California might get uh, might. Oh yeah, it's, sorry, it's in Berkeley. No, Northern California. No, it's in they, Berkeley, they, yeah, yeah, they've probably never seen a, a group of Texans before like that. Well, <laughs> well anyway, it's pretty, it's pretty great. I, our our home games over the weekend on Friday and Saturday both. We probably had over 350 people at our games and in our little auditorium uh it was deafening for all of our games to the point where we had a hard time hearing whistles and we were 10 feet away so you know like we talked about about in the past our uh roof families travel extremely well and then are very supportive and very loud probably obnoxious to the other teams but very loving for us so yeah we we absolutely love it Great. Mark Lawrence, head coach of the Austin College Kangaroos men's and women's varsity teams. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Thanks, James. Next, a conversation with Thomas Nagel, president of the UT men's club team. You're listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Lowry to McDonough with five to shoot. Good flip inside to Galgani. Puts it away. From the left. That's the eyes of Texas, and that can mean only one thing. It's the University of Texas is headed off to Pittsburgh for the national championship clubs uh, for water polo clubs uh, for the CWPA. And on the Skype machine with us is Thomas Nagel, who is the president of that club. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing quite well. How are you, James? Good, good. Yeah, so uh, actually, uh, to start, you mentioned actually before we were on the air that you just came from class. What was the class again? This is always impressive. Uh, it's mechatronics lab, so it combines mechanical and electrical components. All right, so 
Um, University of Texas won the Texas division, and we'll get to that game over A&M uh, in a couple minutes. But your first game is scheduled now. It's at Penn State. It's it's against Penn State University, Mid-Atlantic winners, although we don't know what the score was because it's not on the website. But that's a whole different subject. Um, what do you know about them? And what what do you well, first, let's back up a little bit and just talk about what your plans are for this week as you get ready to travel to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. Um, the tournament this weekend, it's a Friday through Sunday tournament. So we're planning on flying out on Thursday night. We already have some, uh, flights booked. We managed to get a Airbnb that's pretty close to the hotel. So we're going to have the whole team stay at an Airbnb and sort of get some team camaraderie between games going there. Very nice. And, um, yeah, the first game I think is around three o'clock on Friday. So we get a fly in on Thursday, rest up a little bit. And hopefully we'll be ready to get in the pool and start uh, playing some good water polo. Do you get to hop in a bit earlier on Friday before your game or you're basically getting you're, you're warming up and getting ready to go about three o'clock on Friday? Um, I believe they'll have some sort of a warm up area there that we can do, you know, an hour before our game. I know the pool is open on Thursday night to book out sometimes if you want to uh, practice that night before. But there should be games all day before it. Got it. Right. So, uh, as we said, first games against Penn State. What, what, if anything, do you know about them? Um, I don't know much about them. I know Villanova had won the division last year, so right. I don't even remember seeing them at nationals last year. But I'm sure if they could beat Villanova, um, that they must be quite good. And so we got to be on our uh, highest game to that right and you and, and i think we spoke about it before which was the you know last year texas was seated second and then had what you would con- what you might call sort of an easy opening game against what was it a 14 seed or something like that it turned out to be university of arizona yeah. and that game was that game was very challenging yeah so arizona comes from that's a really good conference that they have there the southwest zone it's got a bunch of california schools and the way that the seeding had worked, they ended up 15th, which turned a game that by seeding should be uh, fairly one-sided. It went all the way to overtime. It was uh, quite competitive, but in the end, we managed to pull it out. All right, so this year could be entirely reversed. I mean, you you have the nominally lower seed, but who knows uh, about Penn State? And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. It's just simply don't know about how good mm-hmm. they are. So, um, but but you, I presume, are just practicing in the sense that you want to play your game, regardless of whoever you play against. Right. Yeah. You know, we have a we have a game plan. We have a strategy that we want to go in and always execute it. And Along the way, if the team's reacting in different ways, you know, we'll change it and we'll adapt depending on what's happening in the pool. But we know what our team does, uh, what our strengths and weaknesses are. And so no matter who we're playing, we're going to try and uh, execute on the stuff that we do the best. Which you did to good effect against AM in the final game. It wasn't nearly as close as I think some people thought. Seven to three uh, in against AM's. What changed? Because earlier in the season, obviously there is a, a upset win uh, at AM where AM beat uh, six to five. Um, what changed? Oh, uh, yeah. So that first game, it was at AM. So it's always a little harder to play at sort of a uh, away game when they bring out a lot of fans and they can get that pool to become really loud. Um, we also had a bunch of people on the starting team that hadn't played before. So a lot of that game was trying to figure out like, oh, it's my turn, it's your turn. And so um, after that game, we were able to settle down, really work on being a team and finding the best uh, best play at each point. And lockdown defense became 
uh, key component that we worked on for those next couple of weeks, which helped lead to that uh, 7-3 victory. Right. That victory came after what were not terribly close games. I mean, I know Houston and Rice have improved this year, um, but you did, did pretty well to dispatch um, the teams in your preliminary rounds to face A&M. So when you, when you have a victory like that over A&M, do you think that helps you going into the national championships? Or there's a bit of a gap between when you've played that game and when you go to national championships. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I definitely think that game uh, got us in the right mindset for, okay, these games are going to be hard games. We've got to really play at our highest level. And the the break allowed for us to take a little bit of time off so people could get back to classes, work on keeping their grades up, because when we have uh, nationals with the Friday game, people always have class or tests that they need to reschedule. So it really becomes, a, you know, take a week off. Let's get school focused first because you're here first for academics and then water polo's on the side. And then after that first week, we got back in the pool and really used the motivation of, okay, we've finished off everybody in Texas. Now it's time to go to Pittsburgh and show people how good Texas is at water right. polo. Exactly. Tell us a little bit more about the that that mix of academics and sports. So it's a club sport. It, there there are no NCAA rules which you follow. But what does it look like for the typical UT player on a week to week basis? I know there's a pretty wide variety. In fact, graduate students can play as well, so their workload is going to be different. But mm-hmm. what what can you share with us about what how you have to balance academics with your practice schedule, for example? Yeah, so we have freshman through senior. We even have a grad student on our team, all different colleges, all different majors. So some people are taking extreme course loads, and it makes showing up to the pool a little harder some days because they have a test. And we really try and work with people. It's, you know, you are, you're here to get an education. So we really try and say, if, if you need to take a day off, you need to work on homework, you have a project, go do it. And we try and motivate people to come to the pool. So whatever it takes to get as many people to show up and uh, hop in the pool and work for it. And how many days a week do you typically practice? Uh, We have our pool four days a week. So we have two-hour practices Monday through Thursday. Got it. Um, and and what about you? Like, so you're a Houston guy. And what? How did you get into the game? And how did you get to UT? Yeah. So I started off in high school. Whenever I was on the high school swim team, I've been swimming most of my life. And in the off season for high school water or high school swimming, we started water polo. And I really loved the game. So after that, I found out that there's club teams that I can join. So I actually joined Viper Pigeons and played with them for four years. Um, got to go to Junior Olympics with them over the summer, which was really great for growing my water polo knowledge and skills. And then when it came down to deciding a school, I knew that I wanted to go to engineering. And Texas and AM both have really good engineering programs. And I wanted to be in Austin, have all of the different stuff that Austin can offer. So that's why I chose UT. Over over A and M, I'm sure they'll be delighted to hear that. <laughs> Although you did give them a credit for having a stellar engineering program, which is uh, the reputation they have. All right, well, so uh, I think that's about it. But but uh, I wanted to thank you for your time today, Thomas Nagel. He's the president of the UT men's club team, and they're headed off this weekend to play in the national championships. Thanks for your time, Thomas. Thanks so much. Double team, deflection, balls loose, Yaustra, ball game. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's water program programs. 
and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. James and Joe finishing up another podcast. Uh, they have uh, this last weekend was one of the busiest of the year. Uh, doesn't mean that we're all done, but there's some uh, other upcoming events that uh, that are worth noting. One is the Stampede that Cowtown is hosting up in the Fort Worth area on the 7th and 8th of December, uh, and then a really cool tournament in January. Yeah, the tournament in January is the Dare to Dream. It's going to be 12 and under, 10 and under. For There's going to be 12 and under boys, uh, 12 and under girls, and a 10 and, and an under division. It's going to be at Lamar High School in Houston. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We did this last year. Um, we only had a 12 and under mixed division, so we're trying to expand it this year. It's been, right. uh, and more information coming to all the clubs and, cl- and, yeah, and coaches and club admins. Very cool. Um, the uh, um, ODP is also going to take place in a couple weekends, and we can talk about that next week. There'll be a few things that we uh, that we focus on a week from now. But I think we're done. I think it's a. In fact, I think you probably need a nap or something like that. I mean, that I'm was, good. I'm good. Okay. All right. That was quite I fell asleep during Monday Night Football last night, so it's yeah. Good. Well. That's not that's not that hard to do to be honest. But all right, well, uh, one shout out uh, thanks to our friends at CrossPass. They mentioned us in their uh, podcast this last week, and maybe there might be something going on with us and them down the road. We'll find out about that. But um, aside from that, go to txwaterpolo.com to listen to the podcast, to find us on social media, leave comments and all that stuff. But for today, we're done. Joe, thank you very much as always. All right, thanks, James. Yeah, take care. And thanks to all of you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Until next week, so long from Austin.